Hey everyone, Mark Foley, and welcome back to The Journey. Let's go back to that last part of the light in the star story. It's all about following Jesus on his terms. And if you get the following down, all the other parts you need to live life effectively on God's terms flow right out from it. Just like flying formation. Tucked right up close to the leader, the leader and the follower, that's Jesus and you, move as one. So in the last segment, I was taking you through six characteristics of following Jesus. Here are the first three. First, following Jesus is personal and it is absolute. Second, following Jesus is spiritual and it is real active. Third, following Jesus is as recognition of ownership. And now we get to the fourth characteristic. Following Jesus is surrender of control. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. Surrender of control. So do you remember the flight instructor's second lesson from the flight in the P-51? He said, if you feel resistance on the stick or the rudder, don't fight it. It's me keeping you out of trouble. Now, John said that right after he invited me to fly that plane. I was aware through the entire flight that while I was actively flying the plane, John's hands were shadowing mine and would immediately take control if I were to mess up some way. Knowing that John was in control gave me tremendous confidence to stretch my limitations well beyond my capability, all within the parameters of the plan. Similarly, I have confidence through the various circumstances of living, knowing that Jesus has ultimate control of my life. But for Him to have control requires that I consciously and intentionally surrender it to Him. My surrender of control is a natural corollary of His ownership, and it's at the heart of following as He intends. The surrender of control that Jesus requires is a blend of belief, of faith, of trust, of intentionality, of discipline, of commitment, of knowledge, of courage, and of action. And it is likely the single hardest element to obey in all that he taught because it is so contrary to human nature. Jesus requires surrender of control to the extent that you must constantly keep your light in His star. In other words, remaining in His presence, actively attentive to His instruction, and acting only as He instructs and as He leads on a moment-to-moment basis. Now, this is something you've really got to get, because Jesus taught that surrender opens the door to success. I know that sounds crazy, but that's his deal. Even so, submission of life control to Jesus is a decision that you have to make and act on every moment of every day. So the fourth characteristic of following Jesus is surrender of control. Here's the fifth. It is closeness and submission. The flight instructor said, put your light in his star and keep it there. Matching move for move. It's the only job you have. 
John, I get it, but we'll have to be pretty close to do that. Exactly the point, he said. Now imagine Jesus saying the same thing to you. Come near me, ever closer, even closer. Now stay there. So submitted to me that you live life in my presence, with my power, and by my direction. It's the only job you have. I'll take care of the rest. Such a thing is possible through the spiritual nature of the relationship. He is real. He's present. And he communicates just as would a friend in the flesh. Here's how it works. He created you with a unique aspect of human nature called heart. Not the pump in your chest, but the special God-created human capability involving spirit and mind that allows you to understand God's spirit voice as he intends by whatever means he chooses to deliver his communicated message. That message will always be consistent with the scripture. Most often he uses the written words of scripture to communicate. Sometimes he uses other people. At times he will simply impress upon your mind that which he wishes to communicate. The phenomenon of heart allows you to experience following Jesus as being one with him. It is the essence of closeness and submission. There's another important part of your created nature that has to do with surrendered close following. You are designed with a prevailing basic need to experience meaning in your life. It's an intense drive to be significant to someone or for something. It's real, and it is extremely powerful. Generally speaking, your need for meaning and significance drives most of your activity. You'll find significance in your work. You'll find it in creative efforts. And significance lies at the heart of God's design for marriage and family. But ultimately, you experience significance when you are loved unconditionally, when you are the recipient of unconditional love. So you are built to be significant, and you look for it diligently. So much so that it is easy to think you found it in some artificial substitutes. Power over others is a common artificial substitute for a sense of significance, and it plays out mainly in authority over other people. Wealth, status, appearance, even sexuality. The self-interest list gets pretty long. The problem with that list is that those things are artificial attempts to feel lovable, but they never fully satisfy. It's like a thirsty person drinking dust. It might fill, but it never satisfies the thirst. The key to significance is not in the search, but in the source. Now get this. You are hardwired from the factory to find meaning and significance. You came that way. You're also hardwired to experience the ultimate fulfillment of that search in relationship with your Creator and His unlimited love for you. It's a relationship that He offers, but He offers it on His terms. So you're made with the ability to communicate with God. And you're made with a drive to experience significance. And you're made with the opportunity to satisfy that drive in a close relationship with God. But here's the rub. 
you are also created with freedom of will. As a part of his creation plan, God elected not to violate human will. He clearly describes his plan. He, his offer of ultimate meaning and significance is always open. He consistently extends his invitation to participate in the plan. He offers complete provision and support for the participants, but he will not force his way into your life. He waits for a conscious, intentional decision to yield your will to his. Now, John clearly directed my action to close with the other plane. He clearly communicated his intended position in relation to it. He stood by with help needed to accomplish the maneuver, but he waited for me to summon the courage to submit myself to that lead pilot. I wanted to follow. I made the decision. Following is close, and following is submitted. Okay, let's go to the sixth characteristic of following Jesus. It is consistent. John said, I know this feels unnatural, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. It was good to hear, but at that moment, natural was a long way from what I was experiencing. The idea of getting that close and submitting myself to another pilot was unnerving. Yet John's promise has been confirmed by many friends who learned to fly that wing position. The more they did it, the better at it they became. Close, submitted following of Jesus cannot be an on-again, off-again thing. It must be performed consistently if you're ever going to get good at it. Following Jesus on His terms, submission to His authority, relinquishing control, investing faith in ever greater measure, I'm telling you, it's contrary to anything most of us have ever been taught about success. Yet Jesus taught that success is realized in consistent submission to His way. That includes belief that He is who He says He is, yielding of your personal agenda in favor of His stated terms, and publicly identifying yourself as His follower with the title Christian. Unnatural as submission may be, the more you yield to Him, the more grace He extends, and the more natural it becomes. Think of it this way. If you were a member of an athletic team, and many of you have been, so you, you'll get this, you would have certain responsibilities upon which your effectiveness will depend. You have to submit intent, desire, time, and ability to the authority of the head coach. The coach expects you to think and act like a member of the team, to learn the playing position, to be present on the field, fully involved in the challenges of both the practice and the competition. The coach will give you clearly communicated assignments specific to your playing position, and not everybody plays the same position. Lots of differences there. He will expect your conduct to be consistent with the purpose of the game, with the efforts of the team, and with his directives. And he will require immediate and consistent submission to his authority. And every part of that experience will, at first, be contrary to your independent nature. The conditioning, the strengthening, 
the enforced discipline of position and responsibility, the submission to authority, all of it will be unnatural and very challenging. But as you practice, you confront that part of yourself that resists change. Gradually, endurance increases, ability expands, technique sharpens, strength develops, understanding of the greater game increases, and your effectiveness as a player grows dramatically over time. Then, having consistently met the conditions of the coach, you become qualified to identify yourself as a member of the team, to bear the name, to wear the uniform, to act in a manner that represents the mission and values of the team. And Jesus expects the same thing. We who call ourselves by His name and follow Him do so on His terms. Show up, play the position, keep doing it every day, every hour, every minute. Following Jesus is a full-time occupation, and the result is amazing. So there's my story. The flight, the four lessons, and the six characteristics. It took 50 years and a flight in an iconic World War II fighter to learn how to follow Jesus as he intends. My hope is that it doesn't take you nearly that long. That experience opened my eyes to Scripture that I've known for most of my life, and I've come to understand that Scripture in the context of a simple fact. My responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to enter His presence, to remain there, and to act as He directs. It truly is that simple. He leads, I follow. It all comes back to the words Jesus spoke to those two men so many years ago. Follow me, he said, and I will show you how. Words that I've come to believe are the most important in all of Scripture and the foundation of purpose and significance for my life. Now, there are many theories about how to conduct the Christian life. I understand that. But all Jesus ever required is close following on His terms. He'll direct the actions, and He'll produce the outcome as He intends. So the only job of the follower is to seek closeness to Him, to be in His presence, to act at His direction. It's how He designed us. So the only job of the follower is to seek closeness to Him, to be in His presence, to act at His direction. It's how He designed us. Well, there's an addendum to this story. I told the story of the P-51 experience in the hearing of a friend who had been an F-4 Phantom pilot in Vietnam. He pulled me aside and he said, look, this light and the star thing saved my life one night. Here's what he told me as best I can recall. We were returning from a night mission over North Vietnam in heavy weather. We were in two ship formations flying on instruments. I had sustained some damage, and on the way, my instruments went down. I had engines and controls, but I couldn't see anything. I had no idea where I was, what direction I was going, or how high I was flying. The only thing I could see was a fleeting glimpse of light from the cockpit of my wingman, and I moved toward it and took a following position alongside He said it was crazy how close we were flying, but it was the only 
way home. Now, many who hear this story face situations that seem absolutely impossible. In the middle of those times, Jesus reminds, follow me. I know this feels unnatural, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Now, put your light in my star and keep it there. It really is the only job you have. I'll get you home. And that concludes the story of the light and the star. Hope it helps. Join me for the next segment of The Journey on the podcast. Don't forget to check the website at EffectiveSolutions.today. A fresh daily devotion was posted every morning at 5 o'clock, so we'll be waiting for you as you start your day. Hey, thanks for checking in. See you soon. 